Welcome back to Please Stop, the podcast with Katie and Chaz. This is Katie. I'm Chaz. Please stop. Okay, I want to continue a discussion that we were just having because I've wanted to talk about this for a while and I keep forgetting to write it down on our list. But Chaz and I were just having an extended convo about designer handbags and just designer stuff in general, designer sunglasses, designer jewelry, designer bags, accessories, stuff like that. The thing that came up is when someone buys fake designer bags and y'all know we don't do that shit. We do not support that shit. First of all, it's really bad for the world. Most of those things are made in sweatshops by children um, or places where labor is really unfairly paid and it's just not good working conditions. It's not good labor conditions. You probably wouldn't want to work there. So someone else shouldn't have to do that just so you can wear a fucking label on your bag. Second, a lot of it supports other illegal activities. Like the revenue generated from those bags is going to support either military regimes in places that where they're trying to overthrow the government or weapons or drugs or things like that. Like it's a whole illegal operation. And like, if the, if the bag isn't sold legitimately, it's probably not supporting a legitimate organization either. The whole thing is like crime. It's a full crime industry. Beyond that, we were just discussing the rationale for like why someone would want so badly to wear a designer label. Chaz, weigh in. Well, as someone who owns a few from, you know, I do work hard. We've been through it a million times, though. I'm very privileged with my upbringing. I've invested in a few bags. It's hard for me to weigh in because I can afford them. And so I don't want to sound like a dick to those who can't. And this means a lot to them because, you know, you grow up idolizing these brands as a child, Chanel, Prada, all that. I understand it. And there are some from Etsy and stuff where it's much more ethical than the the sweatshops. But at the same time, I am curious because I, when I first came to New York, I bought a few designer bags from Chinatown because living in Slidell, no, like that wasn't really accessible. It's like you liked the brands, but you don't care enough to spend that amount of money on them that you would. So I, took them back, was very transparent with people about them being not real and from Chinatown and sold them. And I made a small profit. Looking at those bags, I don't know, like I would feel anxiety anytime I'd wear them. Like if I were to bring them out, I think I'd be anxious because it's just, it's a fake bag. And like, is it that important to you to don the label? I understand labels are important. It's a status symbol, fashion, blah, blah, blah. But just because there's a label doesn't make it cute anyway. Like there's plenty of new designers out there. Like the market's saturated with bags that are adorable and a fraction of the price. We should be giving them a chance. I don't know. You know, live your life, hopefully ethically. But what Katie does, which we've talked about with Vivril, is she rents them. Exactly. I don't know why when an option like that is available to someone like me who could I afford a designer bag? Yes. But is that how I really want to spend my money? No. If I have a spare few thousand dollars, I'm probably not spending it on a bag that like I would be afraid to use and actually wear in public or, you know, would be worried someone would steal it or would be worried I would get it dirty. 
And then I've just ruined something that I spent thousands of dollars on. That to me is not a good use of money because I can't afford it as easily as other people can. Right. But what I do instead is I rent them and it's super affordable. It's a hundred bucks a month. And this is not an ad. (laughs) (laughs) I swear this is not an ad for Vivrell, but I do really love them. And I'm such a loyal customer to them because it gives me the opportunity to carry a bag that is real and authentic. So I don't have to feel bad about where it came from. I don't have to wonder where it came from. It's been certified. It is a hundred percent authentic. And I don't have to worry about getting it dirty. If I go out, I don't have to worry about using a trendy one and making an investment that might not last the test of time because I bought something with a trend rather than something classic. I don't have to worry about what happens to it after I'm done because it's going to get reused and recycled for someone else to borrow next. Like, I think it's so much more sustainable and it's so much more affordable than people think rather than spending say if you're spending shopping money, rather than spending like between $75 and $100 on knockoff shit from Amazon or counterfeit shit from Chinatown, just use a rental service and rent the legitimate thing. Like you're spending the same amount of money either way. Wouldn't you rather have something that's high quality and actually real? Well, and this may sound completely delusional on my part, but I think The most special thing about a designer bag is when you wear it, you just feel good, like special, like fancy. Totally. Like I er I either earned this or this is, you know, I hate to say it, but it is a status symbol. That is why people pretend like it's not. But knowing it's not real, I feel like it almost has such a, a reverse effect, at least for me, where it's like the amount of anxiety it causes or like at least that I would imagine it would cause I'm just like this was completely ruined my confidence (laughs) yeah and do you not feel like a poser or like a fraud I think I'm more likely to be beaming all night and comfortable if I'm not worried if someone's gonna see the stitching is off on my bag or something but again there are some really good dupes out there I have friends who tap into the market and they love it but personally it is not for us but I'm in a different position and the renting I think makes sense because people say invest in basics. Fashion is moving so quickly lately that even basics are going out of style. You can identify a plain black turtleneck and be like, that is from three seasons ago. Like it's just moving too rapidly where I like amount you get to just change things up if you're renting. Yeah. I love it. And it's like, you can keep it for as long as you want. I could keep a bag for an entire season. I could keep it for an entire year. Even if I did, a year's worth of membership if I'm paying a hundred bucks a month is not half the price of some of the bags that I'm renting. So it's to me, it's a hundred percent worth it. Where I wanted to take this, however, is the fact that knockoffs are everywhere. Knockoffs are all over the internet. Like you said, they're on Etsy. DHgate is so popular all over TikTok. Like their entire accounts dedicated to people finding designer knockoffs so that people can buy them for less. My assumption now, if I, even if I like, if I didn't know me and I saw me out in the world, I would be like, I know what that bitch's job is. Like she can't afford that. I now assume every bag I see is fake. Yes. Which makes me regret purchasing them ever. (laughs) My bags are special. The first bag I ever bought, it was um, Chevron Chanel. 
still love it, still have it. Antique gold hardware, very special purse to me. My first big New York purchase. It holds a memory. Bought a Prada, a green one. I bought it in Dublin. Storybook style, very dated. Like you can, you see this bag and you know Prada and you know, oh, that's from, when was it, 2015. I still do love these bags. I have a white Prada. I have a hot pink Balenciaga, my least favorite thing I've ever purchased. For one, I took off the color with, because I'm fucking anal and disinfected it with surface cleaner over and over. Didn't realize I was wiping off the, the pink dye. I hate that bag. And it's it's all canvas. There's barely one piece of leather. The Chanel and the Prada are, are leather. Balenciaga, though? Mm-mm. Looking back, like, I thought, okay, I'll have these bags forever. A memory's attached to them. Also, I think I've said before, you buy them overseas if you can to get the tax back. I justified the purchases. But now, I feel like I don't have room for one in my closet or on my coat rack to buy anymore. Two, I'm kind of sick of the bags. Like, I've overworn them so much. Three, resale value, there isn't, I don't think there's much. I mean, I'm sure I could, if I really wanted to put energy into it, I could resell them. I'd probably make barely anything back and then end up missing them. But if I could do it all over, I don't I don't know if I would buy any. I mean, the last time I bought one was in Milan in 2019. It's because I got wrapped up into like, you know, all there is, Milan's kind of boring to be honest. <laughs> no offense, but I thought, okay, I'll shop. Like I'll drink champagne at Prada and if I could do it all over, I'd probably only have like two bags. Yeah. And I think that's all anyone really needs. <laughs> it's just so funny. Like now you'll see, I mean, you see it all the time. I think maybe it's more of a Texas thing than a New York City thing. Because in New York, I think the assumption is that most people can afford the things that they're carrying just because it's New York. I don't know. And in the circles that we move in, I guess I just always assume that the people that we meet in New York City, they're carrying real stuff or if they're wearing something that it's probably real designer, either that it was gifted to them or, you know, they got it through working or, you know, another legitimate way that they would get that. But in Texas, in Austin, Texas, if I'm sitting at the bar down the street and there's a woman across from me in like a zip up hoodie from Target, <laughs> And like Keds or like Tom Shoes carrying a new season Louis Vuitton crossbody bag with the, you know, the little extra pouch on it. I 100% assume that bitch's bag is fake. 100%. Just from the context that I'm seeing it in. And it just doesn't, like, that doesn't look like a person who is spending three to $5,000 on a bag. Unless it was a gift for her. Well... When I bought my first bag, I told this story. I was wearing head-to-toe Forever 21 leggings and, like, a T-shirt, and then my card declined, and they <laughs> thought I was full of shit. And because the name on the card is Chaz, they probably thought, oh, her sugar daddy cut her off or something. But, but you know, you, for me, sometimes it's, like, the the more cheap the clothes, the more likely they were to pay for it because they spent all of their savings. Well, I don't know. I don't ever read that much into it, to be honest, but... I just think about it now more often because it's like, I have this and I wouldn't pay full price for it. And I know that. So yeah. like, I mean, it doesn't offend me either way. If people think my bag is fake, I don't give a shit what people think. And I know that woman across the bar probably has no idea and doesn't care what I think either. But it's just interesting that it's become so common where everyone now has either a real or a fake designer bag that like, I just, I assume everyone's is fake at this point. 
I can't stand when I see a fake quilted Chanel bag. I can spot that. That I spot. And it, it yeah. screams fake. It literally looks... Well, they look like, really cheap. They look like pillows. Like it's yeah. Anyway, we should move on to something else. Anyway. <laughs> what a way to kick things off today. Did you go in and star things? Is that what I'm seeing here? I don't know. I don't remember. I think okay. I was just taking out old stuff. Okay. Well, as usual, everyone, we have no idea what we're wanting to talk about. We're just winging it. So We've taken the people through our podcast process. It's shared note. We just go through the note and we pick out shit we want to talk about that week. So you know what? As far as I'm concerned, that means that this is talent. This is pure, raw, unfiltered talent because we don't need a script. We don't need to sit there and type out what we're going to say and figure out our banter back and forth. Every single thing that you hear on this show is unscripted and 100% natural. I know when people hear me talk specifically, they think oozing with talent. How is she not discovered? How is she not famous? Get the girl an agent. Like it's hard. The way I speak is so, so eloquent and so entertaining and charismatic. And it's all, it's all from nothing. It's all just thoughts I think you speak so strangely sometimes that it sounds like you're reading a script but I swear she's not what is the difference this is your topic what is the difference between a top and a shirt this is not my topic because I know the difference (laughs) (laughs) well I need to know I want to know I think a shirt is any kind of like a t-shirt or a button-up, or like a blouse, I would say, is a shirt. And then a top could be any of those things, but it could also be a sweatshirt, or a hoodie, or just any, like a crop top, any kind of top. But a shirt specifically, I think, is a genre of top. Does that make sense? No, I think that's wrong. But I don't. I simply do not. I, speaking of fashion, I can't picture Anna Wintour fucking. Why would you want to? Why would you try? Well, there's these really powerful fashion icons out there, like the Kardashians, things like that. And it's very sexy and sensual. And like Anna Wintour is one of the most, if not the most famous fashion icon in our current day. And there's not... It's not from a sex appeal standpoint, which is really interesting, but also, like, I can't picture her. Can you picture Grace sex? Coddington having sex? Who's that? It's her, well, it used to be her right hand at Vogue. She's the one with the long, curly, like, big red hair and the glasses. I can't picture Oprah having sex. Can you picture Martha Stewart having sex? Maybe it's just old people. No. Can you picture Kim Kardashian having sex? Well, no. I got. A solid resource for you to consult. Oh, wait. Yes, I did watch it. Never seen a plumper labia. I haven't watched it, actually. I've never seen it. You do know people get filler in their labia now. Because of that? Well, for whatever reason they want. Do you think she had labia filler before the sex tape? No. I think she just tends to gain her weight in her lower regions, which is great. So you could get, like, an actual fat pussy... Yeah. If you gain weight, you could gain weight in your labia, really? I guess it makes uh, sense. The outside, the, ma- manor- the majora. 
It's been a while since I took anatomy. Okay, who can you picture having sex? Who's like a weird person who you've like thought about them fucking? You go first. I don't know. I don't usually tend to try to picture people having sex. I guess I don't either because I can't think of like anyone. (sighs) Okay. Do you ever like think about like me having sex or like your I can't. My mind shuts down. No, I no. Unless you're telling me that story (laughs) about the nipples. In the Arabian man, I can't picture it, but that I can, I've got a clear visual for. I have a similar story from this weekend. I still haven't told you about my weekend. Oh, yeah, you haven't. Do you want to tell me? <laughs> Do you want to tell everyone? I need the buffer period. I have to wait a few months. <laughs> and then I'll tell Was it with that guy? Which one? There was three the different guys. guy? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, okay. Bummer. No. He still likes my photos, though. I love that. That's a real, that's an untapped market on Instagram is like the, the real ones on Instagram are the men that you've rejected, but they still follow you because they will consistently like everything you post. They will give you solid story reactions. They'll send the flame emojis. If you post a hot Insta story. Supportive. They're just there to make you feel good. I think that's what unconditional love is. <laughs> Those are the unsung hype men. A man you had terrible sex yes. with, who you stopped midway through and laughed in his face, <laughs> still likes your Instagram post. Uh-huh. That is unconditional love. Okay. I have this whole thing. I got, I really caught up on my please stop game this week because I felt bad last week for having none. So now basically all I have to talk about are a bunch of police stops. Like I started you with a police stop. I'm gonna hit you with another one right now. Please stop reacting to group messages on an iPhone. You know, when you're in a group chat and on an iPhone, you can do the reactions to the text. You can send the little heart or the exclamation points, or you can question mark it in group chats it's too much. Like they need to remove the feature. Cause like, I don't give a shit if someone is going back and reading the message and just wants to feel like, oh, they're participating and they want to let you know that they saw it. So they're going to like emphasize things or heart things later. You are blowing up my phone and it's too much and I hate it. And I need, everyone's got to stop. Stop reacting to messages in general, unless it's your best, best friend. Yeah. That's good. I agree. Also, stop reacting to Instagram messages that way, where you can double tap it and send a little heart. Conversations are allowed to end. It is okay to not have to keep it going after every single thing. You can just end that right there, and you don't need to do a little heart to say, yeah, I saw it. Thanks. Like, I assume because I can, you open it and I see seen because Instagram still gives you red receipts, God bless. I know you saw it. I'm not mad. You don't have to do a stupid little heart. Like, I do not need the extra notification to go to my phone and look at. And I just, I I hate them. I want it all gone. How do you feel about this? I like a reaction because then I don't have to say anything at all. Like, if a guy DMs me and I opened it but don't want to be a total bitch, I just like it. I think you still are allowed to open something and not respond and it doesn't make you a bitch. I feel so strongly about this because like I hate it when a conversation just keeps going because we're just being nice to one another. Just because I read something and didn't want to respond right then doesn't make me a bitch. Yeah, I've just had some interesting men do some interesting things when they've 
when the opposite of the other guy, when they felt rejected, they just really lean in sometimes and I'd rather avoid it. Which is true. And I guess that's a different part of this. That's definitely, definitely a factor here. Cause you're right. Do your other, please stop. Speaking of Instagram. I'm not done. (laughs) I just think. You said conversations are allowed to end. (laughs) Conversations are allowed to end when I say so. You are allowed to end them. No, that's totally fair. No, I just have one more thought to wrap this up. If a guy has a crazy outlandish reaction to you just reading his message and not responding in the moment, maybe that's something that, you know, it like you can find out anyway, and you were going to find out anyway. And that just tells you you don't want to talk to him anymore. And then you can just block him and move on rather than feeling obligated to just double tap and heart something. So he knows you read it. It's like, no, you are not owed a reaction from anyone. You are not owed a response from anyone. You are certainly not owed any more screen time from anyone in today's world. I'm sick of fucking looking at my phone. Don't make me do it longer than I have to. Okay, now I'm done. That is very valid. Okay, so Instagram, Ukraine. (laughs) Enough. (laughs) Enough. Oh my God. (laughs) The way that you just introduced this topic. Well, it needs to be introduced somehow. Okay, it does. So you follow Diet Prada, right? Occasionally. Okay, so I follow Diet Prada. Any of our listeners who follow Diet Prada, I'm sure you've read their most recent post. We are recording this on the last day of February for context. Danielle Bernstein is this influencer who I actually went to college with her at FIT. So we went to school together and weren't close, but like we have hung out with the same group of people before. Back when I was working at LF, like a lot of my coworkers were tight with her. Random small world of New York City. But she's this massive influencer. She has over a million followers on Instagram. She has her own clothing line. She has been awful for as long as I've known her, to be completely honest. I've never been, I've never been close with her for that reason. I've never really supported her for that reason, just because I think a lot of what she does is super transparent. And I don't agree with the way that she goes about doing their, her things. Anyway, she has her clothing line. She posted on Instagram a bikini photo of her, and the caption was something like, you can do both. You can be devastated about what's going on in Ukraine and want your clothing line to succeed, and we're going to give back proceeds of every bathing suit sold to efforts supporting Ukraine, so make sure you shop tomorrow when it drops was the gist of this caption. It was so disgusting. And then she changed the caption, but of course people got screenshots of the old one. To be a little bit more charitable, a little bit more, this is how much money we've donated. This is what we're doing with our efforts. This is our charity partner, blah, blah, blah. But it was still just so icky to try to profit for yourself off of an international crisis and a war that's going on where people are fucking dying. There is a threat of a nuclear bomb that's not zero. Like, that's a real threat. And you're sitting here trying to sell bathing suits and make a profit off of that. And also, where is this money going? It doesn't even fucking matter to me. It's like, you could, you can do both. I believe that you absolutely can do both. 
but not like this. You can sell your fucking bathing suits and they can have nothing to do with Ukraine. And that's totally okay. You're allowed to do both. But what you can't do is equate your swimwear line with helping Ukraine. It's pathetic. That's war profiteering. What the fuck is that? People are really this vapid and this self-absorbed to where they will take it there. Like, you think it's about you that much? If you really want to help Ukraine, Ukraine, do it. Don't post about it. Just do it. Shut up. Shut up and just do your thing on the side. Truly, everyone shut the fuck up on the internet this week. It, I, like, I don't know why people feel the need to post these little infographics about what's going on in Ukraine or post post videos about like children at orphanages in Ukraine who can't get help. It's like, okay, you're, you're demonstrating that you're sad about this. You're demonstrating that you're informed and you're having feelings about it. Like it doesn't help anyone. It doesn't do anything. Everyone who's posting about it. I would love to know the fraction of people who actually are putting action in any way to make any difference. Exactly. And to be completely clear, it's okay to not do shit either. It's okay to be paralyzed and scared and anxious about what's happening. It's okay to have indecision or to not have the resources to feel like you can help in a meaningful way. It's okay to educate yourself and read about it and that be enough. What's not okay is to feel the need to demonstrate for other people that you're doing any of those things. Right. Like, it's totally okay if you feel overwhelmed by the whole thing. But in that case, shut the fuck up. This is my message for everyone this week. Shut the fuck up. Well, and also a lot of the times these people are blindly posting things and they don't even know what they're posting and they don't really know where the money's going. And it's very misleading and ill-informed. So yeah, in that case, yeah, shut the fuck up. Turn on the news, pay attention, absorb it, sit with it. Do something if you want. Right. Exactly. Please stop. I would rather see the fun bar you went to last night and see that you're living your life. And if I know you, I assume you're a good person. I assume you're educating yourself about the world, even if you're not posting about it. I don't need to see you educating yourself to believe that you're doing that. That's what Twitter's for also. If you really have something political to say or some standpoint to make that's not already been made over and over, take it to Twitter, have a conversation. Just... Use your own words. Don't just keep reposting political shit that you don't even know what you're posting just for the sake of posting it under your selfies. Exactly. And also, if you are not a journalist or a politician or someone whose job requires them to have a take on this shit, you're not required to have a take on everything. (laughs) You don't have to post your opinion about it. You don't have to post your feelings about it. You don't have to have a fucking take. You can just shut the fuck up and listen. This is a good one. For someone who had no please stops in the last week or whatever, you've you've made up for it. Thank you. Time. I'm coming in hot this week. I really felt like I did not contribute enough last week. So I don't have much I can currently contribute because I have to, again, wait for my buffer period and finals week and I'm going to El Salvador. So, you know, that's it. Chaz and I have some travel plans coming up. 
this weekend, I'm going to Portland. I've never been to Portland before. So send me your recommendations if you have them. I know, Things I know that we are doing, we're going to go on a winery tour in the Willamette Valley. And we are also going to go hike a waterfall. This It's the tallest waterfall in the United States. And we're going to hike it. So I know we're doing those things. But if you have restaurants or bars or things to do, send them through our DMs. Let me know. I've never been to Portland before. I'm excited. I'm going to El Salvador and I have no idea what I'm going to be doing. We still have to book one of the hotels. We're just really winging it, which sometimes is the best way to do it. So that's that. Chaz is now just tired of talking to me. (laughs) I'm just tired of talking. I mean, that's all I've done all day. I'm still, you can hear how raspy I am. Okay. Unless you have something else you want to cover. No, I don't at all. But I kind of want – like I really do want to know what happened this weekend. But I also kind of want to save it because I want to hear it actually for the first time on the pod. I feel like my reactions are way better the first time I hear stories. And so maybe next pod we record or maybe the one after that. We'll just figure out how long of a buffer Chaz really needs in order to tell me the story. But she was texting me all day yesterday being like, Katie, oh my God, Katie – pay attention to me, Katie. I have to tell you about my night. And I never did pay attention to her. And so now I I don't know what happened. And I'm going to hear it live for the first time with all of you. So you're going to get some fresh reactions. Tune in when the time is right. Time is not right. Okay, well, we will talk to you later. That's it. Goodbye. Uh, No, 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 no. We We will talk to you later. Follow us. Yeah, there you go. On Instagram at please stop dot pod. You learn the Instagram. That's the first time you said the Instagram, right? We are on every podcast platform. So if you don't have an iPhone, you can still listen on Spotify. And if you don't have that, then grow up and get one of them. Leave us a review, a written one, because I like to read compliments about us. Thank you. Um, share it with a friend if you liked it. And I feel like these are kind of some hot takes this week, so. These were the hottest, most talented takes. Please stop.